Wake up! Wake up! Wake up, Daddy! Wake up, Mr. West! Mr. West! This is Iris from Seattle. This is Ray from Chicago. And welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. Where we talk about fatherhood stuff, Catholic dad stuff. We celebrate good dads here. Hey, dads, this is for you. And welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? What's going on? What's up? Ray, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm alive. I'm awake. Sort of, kind of. Um, yeah, I'm good, man. How right about you? on. I'm, well, I'm okay. okay. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm okay on a descending slope. So, I'm, but that's going to be. Always that, there's always that pause of, I'm okay. That's I really have to thoughts. think about it. You know, I, I have to consider, am I going to be honest today? Am I going to be honest <laughs> about myself or not? And uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest, but it's going to be, um, but it's going to be in, in our uh, dad venting session. Um, right. But if this is your first time to listen to the Fatherhood Arise podcast, we're so glad that you found us. Welcome. Uh, this is where Ray and I talk about the intersection of faith and fatherhood. Uh, from a real Catholic dad perspective. And Ray, we have some good news today. What's up? What's going on? Yo, we're not alone today. We have a guest. We have a guest and our guest is uh, a famous person. Whoa, whoa, oh. He uh is famous. (laughs) He is uh, a lot of things. Yeah, super famous. Um, And uh, I'm going to... what, what should I do? Should I read his bio first or should I just like... I think um, so, man. I think so. Yeah. It's got some interesting <laughs> Yeah, this, this is good. There. Okay, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to read this bio in my probably best radio so, voice. Let's try it. Here nice. we go. All right, so okay. our guest today is Anthony D'Ambrosio. And Anthony D'Ambrosio is a storyteller and a marketing specialist who has spent the last five years studying how movements can be ignited by shared purpose and belonging. Through his company, Sherwood Fellows, he has participated in relaunching, in relaunching, relaunching the brands of over a hundred organizations. His team also built Catholic Creatives, that's where I found him, the definitive community for Catholic entrepreneurs, artists, designers, and filmmakers, all of whom have come together in support of a new renaissance of Catholic creativity. Currently, over 6,000 people participate in this community. His interests span from philosophy to the mythology and rituals of tribal peoples. He ran an underground fight club in his seminary. And Mm. among his favorite things are simmering a pot of homemade Italian red sauce, keeping houseplants alive, and writing poetry. Welcome, Anthony. What's up, man? It is always really awkward to have somebody read the bio like while you're there, you know? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> like yes. I'm listening to my own bio. That's uh, hilarious. But uh, yeah, I'm super pumped to be here. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> yes. I got yeah. to just go straight into it, man, because I'm interested in that whole fighting club thing. I mean, first rule of fight club is what? Don't talk uh, about we'll fight talk club. About it, man. Don't talk yeah, about it, but I want to talk about it. But it's over now, so it's I over now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that is that for real? In the in the yeah. seminary, you had you started a cycle. for real. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. a real thing. It was. Uh, it was basically a, like fighting. Fighting like physical fighting, not like a debate or like you know. <laughs> not like debate. Not like how debate I in the day. Like seminary fights. <laughs> 
Like, oh yeah, here's, let's talk about liturgy. It's like, no, let's uh, go downstairs and punch each other in the <laughs> wow, face. Wow, so okay. That was, uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty rad. That's how we did it. So I'm not going to ask the we specific have, seminary, but what what region of the country are we talking about? <laughs> oh, I could I could tell you it's uh, it was uh, St. John Vianney up in Minnesota at uh, St. Thomas University. Oh, uh, I know where that is. Seminary. Really, okay. uh, dude? How do I'm you in Chicago. I'm is? in Chicago. I'm in Chicago. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had we had lots of Chicago nights uh, in nice. the in the house for the the fight club but uh, so i'm never yeah. i'm never gonna squab with a with a priest out of that place <laughs> i can throw down yeah. you never know who you're uh, you're facing but uh no it was awesome it ended up yeah, so the crazy thing was it like started just like seminarians and like different floors would field a fighter and then we would train together and then we would have like an exhibition this is insane this, up, i love this know, yeah the, yeah the keep going the winter and we would uh-huh. have these, we would have these deep, like, uh, you know, talks about manhood to open up the night. And then the priests would be the judges. Um, the priests were involved. Had oh, no wow. idea. Yeah. The priests would, would, would be the judges. Uh, and then, uh, we thought that it would be a really awesome way to start to engage the rest of the campus because, you know, we'd had a lot of trouble, like figuring out how to get other people who were like men into this, into the seminary for, uh, you know, just like Bible studies and stuff. Like, I don't know what we're doing. So I was like, okay, why don't we ask like the other dorms to field fighters and we will challenge them, <laughs> wow. uh, invite them to the basement of the seminary for like a fight night. And we'll give a talk about like manhood and, and, you know, the Lord as a part of it, manly virtue. Uh, and, and we, we got up to the point where we had like 300, 400 people no who would way. never have shown up in seminary wow, showing up okay. to the basement. We had like all of these stories that were being written, uh, about it, like in the journal, the school, like newspaper and stuff. <laughs> uh, and by that point it ended up getting shut down, but the, the stories were pretty amazing. Like, any of this in, on on uh, recorded on video or something like some? There is video for wow. sure. Oh my I'm gosh! Pull some out of the archives for you guys, but yeah, there's definitely some uh, definitely some video <laughs> of it. Uh, but uh, it was pretty fun. That's a, that's pretty incredible. So where do you where would you rank yourself in the ranking? So nobody else is here to defend or or deny right, right, right. Yeah. where you are p- ranking Go yourself it, in the Go fighting. So where would you put yourself? Well, after. So the, the first year I was like being trained and then the other guy left and then I was in charge. So I was the coach. Uh, um, I mean, I fought some guys. No, oh, I, you I fought? definitely fought. Okay. I fought for sure. But it, dude, this is like, I was, I was the coach fighting people who were first year fighters. <laughs> so like it, it ended up being pretty one-sided when I fought. So, okay. but this there last year, this last year, I just, during COVID, I was like, guy, I, I got to get out of my house. And for some reason, I decided that I was going to like get back into boxing and before I turned 34, cause that's when you age out. So right, like, right. I'm going to take an actual golden gloves fight before I like end nice. my boxing wow. career. So wow. um, when I fought them, it was a totally different ball game. I got my ass kicked a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <but> yeah. <laughs> oh, we're talking about like blood drawn and stuff here, right? Like, Oh, for sure. No, with the yeah. gloves. So this was boxing. It wasn't just like full contact. Um, no, uh, we like, had headgear and we had boxing gloves okay, for sure. Okay, yeah. right on. Oh, that's cool. No, like knees or elbows or any dirty okay. stuff. Like you don't, that. you don't dip so. your like your fist in a broken glass or something and <laughs> no. like make it stick. No, no, no that blood we sport stuff. To, 
we're trying to keep it uh, civil enough to uh, engender more participation. Yeah, yeah. There you go. No one wants to clean up so, blood, man. No one wants yeah, to clean yeah. up blood. I mean, these are all people who you, you were like one of 12 kids that were homeschooled and grew up like, just yeah. with their heads in, in Lord of the Rings. So like we, we had a long way to go just to get to the boxing contest. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, well, I've been in a couple fights and uh, you know what? I, I, I never want to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pass, but that, that's incredible. And we have that story and a lot of other ones because uh, Anthony here is going to be talking later about uh, a children's book that he wrote. And that's going to be fun because maybe maybe there's a lot of physical violence in the in the children's book. I'm really interested in that. And, no, but, physical violence. <laughs> so uh, before we get to that, we're going to have our first segment, which uh, is um, Real Talk of Dads. And in this segment, if you're unfamiliar, this is where we share about kind of our real life stories of our experience of fatherhood or being fathered and um, having that that kind of life. And uh, guys, I'm going to start. I'm going to start us off. Go for it, man. Yeah. So this this has nothing to do with my kids or or my wife, but it's it's kind of what I think about being a dad. And it's kind of interesting, Anthony, that you're we kind of started talking about um, authentic masculinity and kind of fighting. And part of that I think is, um, pain tolerance. And so what yeah. today or like over the weekend, um, my tooth started to hurt. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. And, um, every time, like I don't get enough sleep. Yeah. Like sometimes like the back of my tooth, like the back of my mouth starts to hurt. And I don't know if you guys have ever had like tooth pain, but it sucks. It's like terrible. It becomes, it dominates your face. And so that that's what I was experiencing. And I got to the point where uh, it's too much that I actually had to um, call the dentist. Now, oh, only, no. I know, I know. And so there's like <laughs> really only two things that scare me in life. And uh, one has eight and legs and the <laughs> other has like a, has like the little mirror that they shove in your mouth. Now, you know, shout out to all the dentists out there, but I don't trust a person who's going to stare at people's mouths all day. So um, in any work, situation, in any situation. So I had to call the dentist and then I, I went there and they were, uh, they said, um, yeah, you you have wisdom teeth that should have been taken out like 30 Dude. years ago. Holy cow. Yeah. And I've just sucked up that pain. Like the, that it's just like been a general pain. And, I, um, and then whenever my, my wife knows this, but like whenever I'm, I'm hurting, I just don't say anything. I just suck it up and I don't complain. And I don't want anybody to know that I'm like suffering so I just suck up that pain and I just pretend it's not there. If like, if you break your leg, keep walking. If you die, rub some dirt on it. it, shake it off, <laughs> keep going, you know? And so, but it, I had to like go and have that, uh, have that appointment, which was like a good step for me. And then the second part was like, whoa, that must be when they looked at the x-rays and like checked it all out and said, that must be super painful. And I said, yeah. And they said, all right, these all got to come out. 
And so, uh, yeah, so my next step is uh, having like an oral surgery. surgery. That's so funny. Oh yeah, God. and so that's that's down the road here in a, in a few weeks. So ah. uh, I know. So if you if you hear me and I'm and I'm talking funny, it's because like, yeah, my mouth, my mouth's all jacked up and it wasn't from a fight. It was like from admitting <laughs> that I need some help from the dentist. But you know what? Here's here's what I'm going to do. Inspired by Anthony and you, Ray, today, is after they they do the procedure, I'm gonna punch him in the face. <laughs> sure. Wow, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Can yeah. you can you videotape that? I will. I'll I'll, I'll that. put the photo. Up. <laughs> Dude, I I'm gonna change up my story, Iris, um, because holy cow, um, I'm going through the same thing. No. Yeah. 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 So. Long story short, it's been, yeah, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a year since my last appointment. I had a cleaning and I've been avoiding it because I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine. But the last time I was at the dentist, they said, hey, you have to remove these, uh, the, the wisdom teeth uh, all the way back there. I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm okay, I'm fine because I wasn't really feeling it. And just last week, I started feeling it. And then so my wife is like, what's wrong with Because like I'm talking kind of funny. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then finally, I had to admit, I'm like, yeah, I, like you, Iris, I'm like, mm, I'm, I don't want to complain. I don't want But then this time I was actually complaining because it was hurting. So um, I said, no, 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 you don't have to call the dentist. Uh, and, and I said, I'll call the dentist. I never did. And I, I never will. <laughs> Today, she did call. That's right. And she did. She did call. And. <laughs> And uh, the next uh, open and available uh, oral surgery is for next year. And I'm like, oh, oh, next year. Yeah. She's like, Locked no out. way. That's not going to happen. I'm like, no, that's fine. I'm, I need to lose weight anyway. I just eat soup from now on. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, dude, that's so funny wow. that we're going through the same thing. Hey, yeah, there you man. go. Um, I'm right now uh, for all our for, for all our listeners out there. I'm drinking tequila to kind of numb the pain a little bit, but Dang. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay. We're okay. We're just <laughs> sucking it up. Right. And then I had the audacity, by the way, I had the audacity to, to say to my wife that uh, tooth uh, pain is more painful than yeah. pregnancy, than birth and giving birth. It's true. They say it's true. Yeah. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. <laughs> But I, I shouldn't have said that. Um, no, you should not have said yeah. that. That was anyway, a mistake. Yeah, man. I would never say that. So cheers to that. All right. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> cheers. cheers to that, my friend. How about you, Anthony? So I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I don't have a tooth-related <laughs> story. I didn't know that we were all in that room. I was going to talk about a leaky uh, basement, but this is better. <laughs> That leaky basement is not code for anything. It's just for real a leaky basement. <laughs> okay. So uh, this is a story with my dad. Um, okay. Hopefully that's like on, on uh, par for this, but um, it does have a lot to do with like, I guess, pain and fear tolerance, which the boxing thing is a big thing for me in that uh, learning that. But uh, I, so this story was uh, one of my favorite memories of my dad is Christmas uh, like many years ago. And uh, my family had moved down to San Antonio. My dad had started a business that started to take off in San Antonio in Mexico and South Texas. And uh, this was right. This is actually right before 2008. When 2008 hit, his business went completely 
belly up. It was mm. like total, uh, this crazy experience of like being poor, like we were poor, real poor. And then all of a sudden my dad's business like worked. And then we were like, Whoa, this is amazing. Thank you, God. And then, uh, like tr- the train just like wrecked. Um, mm. so my dad was facing, um, like potential bankruptcy and had been betrayed by some of his business partners. And it was a really tough season for him. And I knew that it was tough for him. Um, and part of why I knew that was because he was like around the family a lot more. Uh, usually he's like, kind of like in the work world, even when he's around, but this season he was like super present. And I asked him, um, how, how old were you during that time? This was, uh, this was right as I was about to graduate uh, seminary, actually. Okay. Um, yeah. And so we were going to be losing the house. We we're going to be losing like uh, a lot of the cars. Like we we're, this is a really tough moment. And we were coming up on Christmas and my parents had this conversation with us like, Hey guys, we're not going to do presents this year. Um, and uh, we were like, I, I asked my dad at one point during this time, like, are you scared? Because I feel like I'm scared going into this economy and like trying to start my life. Mm. And you're like, you know, at this point in your life and you're having to start over, like, are you scared that you don't have enough time? Um, you're scared of like what's happening. And he was like, no, um, if God called me right now, I would be so happy to go because I am so proud of you guys and of my family and you are my pride and you're the greatest accomplishment that I have to leave to the world. And, uh, that moment was such, it was so impactful for me because I could just see that he was really suffering, but his suffering was like, there was, it was actually like bringing peace to him in a way. Uh, he was like becoming more himself and more present to, um, all of us and loving us more deeply. It was causing him to come closer to the things that he loved in life and uh, so I just really have appreciated that about him. And that's something that I've wanted to like try and carry forward as I've like approached pain or suffering or, or fears mm-hmm. in my life, uh, particularly during COVID. So that's, that's a great story. That's pretty beautiful. That's, yeah. I mean, because yes, from the other side of that, um, your dad is like super courageous because sometimes when you experience or when I experience real difficulty, and then my kids come around, I look at them and I'm like, you guys are it. This is why, this is why. Like, I, I mean, there's, there's a sense of like, I could blame or, um, but he held it together for y'all um, and was able to exhibit some, some real saintliness, you know, some, uh, some perseverance and, and being, having like that teachable moment there, yeah. um, which is incredible. You know, that's inspiring. That's the kind of dad that I want to be not the dad that i am currently but for sure where i want to go right this is this is definitely on par with what we pray we hope to be in fatherhood arises you know we we recognize this is our identity this is uh, our call this uh, as fathers and uh, we're called to rise up we're called to be better always and now you know as we transition into our our topic I want to ask you this, Anthony, and, and uh, you know, with, with that story, we talked about painful, like physical pain, the tolerance of a dad. 
And it is also like that that heart pain, right? The emotional pain that a lot of dads kind of go through. And they like physical pain. They try to hide it, right? They try to hide it. Uh, and I'm sure you saw your dad doing that as well. And as you mentioned, yeah. you're you're not a dad. You're not a dad yet. Um, and we'll get into that that uh, little later on. But I want to ask you this question: What does fatherhood mean to you? You've seen your dad go through something like this. You've seen your family go through something like this. We're talking about physical pain, but now that's also you know there's there's a bit of that emotional, uh, that heart pain that I'm sure he was going through. So now I ask you: What does fatherhood mean to you? Man, yeah, it's a it's an interesting segue into the topic because you know, you could come at it in a lot of different ways, right? Like I think fatherhood in a lot of ways is creativity. It's, it's approaching, uh, it's approaching a world that doesn't exist and shaping it, you know, mm. and joining mm. with God in that sort of active creativity. Um, and, but I think like this, the segue in talking about emotional pain as a sort of launching off point for fatherhood, I think like gives a window to talk a little bit more specifically about perhaps fatherhood in the midst of suffering or, or uh, pain, because I think that um, I think that there's something about manhood specifically where we're called to face darkness and bring light to it. Um, you see this in in the way that God's first creation um, of like saying, "Let there be light," you know. Um, in looking and staring at darkness. But I think that um, there's a way that young men, they want to look away from darkness. And perhaps one of the differences between a, a father and a, you know, a young man who hasn't quite like uncovered his manhood yet is that ability to actually look at suffering and say, I'm going to take this on and I'm going to let it change me and shape me. Uh, but I'm also going to bring light and breathe light and speak light into it. Uh, it's not going to overcome me, you know? Um, and I, yeah, so that's something that, that I think is, is core to the journey of fatherhood and something that I'm trying to work on and learn about very deeply right now. You know, I, uh, I love that answer. And um, I, I live in uh, Seahawks country. And we have a we have a coach uh, Pete Carroll. Now the Seahawks, they're not good. They're not good this year, which is okay. It's okay. I, I quit talk watching about, them. Talk about I, staring I, into darkness, man. Like, that's right. But but what? Well, that's right. But but what what Coach Carroll says is he that always kind of I've thought about in a lot of different contexts is he says, "Can you win the game in the first quarter?" And then everyone says, "No." It's like, "Can you win the game in the second quarter?" No. Can you win the game in the third quarter? No. Can you win win the game in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Right. So like there's a sense of um, when we're applying that to our when I apply it to my life, I think like, man, can I can I prepare for the important things um, in the in the first quarter? Yeah, I should start like preparing, even if I'm not going to be playing. Like, can you play Can you? Can you prepare for the game before you play the game? Yeah, you got to. And so like the sense of like, yo, you gotta, you gotta be a light bringer in your, in your realm when, whenever and wherever you are. Right. And I love what you said about the, um, that first way of thinking about fatherhood as the create as creativity, 
right? Like we're procreative, we're co-creative in, in our fatherhood. And, um, and before we ever become fathers or before, before I became a father, before you become a father, you still have to like start to work on that, the sense of like, man, I gotta be a creator. I gotta be a light bringer and I gotta do that. I can't, I can't just like start that journey when the kid start. Well, I mean, you could start that journey. <laughs> some people do, but some people do. Yeah. Best if it's done in the first quarter. Best, best if it's done. So yeah, cause that's why yeah, the Seahawks yeah. lose a lot right now because they're trying to win in the fourth quarter when they should have been winning in the first quarter. Right. That's what I'm saying. It helps. It helps. It helps. It helps. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> We just lost last night, so it's, it's painful. Uh, man, I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, I love that. So, um, one of the other things, when, when you started talking about um, being creative, you're also the founder of Catholic Creatives, or one of the, one of the founders. Is that, was, is that fair to say? Yes. And I would say that um, Catholic Creatives is like the best place. If, <laughs> if people haven't been there, um, it's a group on Facebook. Well, how about I let you explain what Catholic Creatives is because I've, I've experienced the fruit of it. Well, but. I want to hear what you have to say about it because, um, you know, when you're the leader, it's like, it's not the best place for you all the time. <laughs> you don't always hear the people that say this is the best place. <laughs> sure. So yeah, I would love to hear your experience with it. And then I'll, you know, give my tidbits. Well, so um, I heard of Catholic creatives from a from a creative person, um, Bradley Santos. Do you know Bradley? Um, I love Bradley. Yeah, Bradley's Bradley. A man. Yeah, he's talked. He talked. He's talked to you up, and he's like that guy's a man. And, and so, like, there's a lot of like uh, patting on the back and and supporting because you know when you're an artist or when you're a creative, and and more so now, more so now. The, once I was introduced to the community. I didn't really think of myself as a creative, you know, I thought I'm a speaker, I'm a musician, I'm an, I'm a writer, I do X, Y, and Z, but I'm not a creative. But I think the Catholic creatives was a space to provide um, people who are pursuing what's in their heart, this kind of the Catholic heart, which is, is beauty, truth, and goodness, and then finding a home for this transcendent thing and finding other people who are also trying to do it in their own way. And what I found is like a real supportive community of people who are trying to create just like we are as fathers, we're trying to create our, our families. Um, there's also all of these artists, visual and um, audio and, uh, and all kinds of different ways of trying to access that beauty and share it. And so um, for me, I th it's been like a real blessing. I've met tremendous people um, and I've always kind of been jealous. Like, hey, how come I'm, how come I can't go to the, that meeting? And how come I can't go to that thing? I want to be a part of that, you know? So from, oh, from being far away into like taking steps to be closer in. Yeah. Well, man, obviously whenever, um, whenever it happens again, definitely want to make sure that we get together and, and celebrate each other's creativity for sure. But, um, I would love to, I would love to see it at the summit if it, if it happens again, but, um, yeah, I know. Uh, I think, I think creativity is the birthright of every human being as being born in the image and likeness of God. This is actually something that, that I really got from Corey Hyman. I don't know if you ever met him or seen him, but he, 
he made a book called uh, the created book. And uh, I, a lot of like his theory and what he brought to, to the conversation was that like God, God's first act was creativity in a lot of ways. Like when our first impression of God says a lot about who he is to us, right? Like in scripture. And so his, his identity starts off as be, as a father and uh, fatherhood. We see it in the beginning as like a creative energy. And um, for us, that means that all of us have that in us, whether it's in our families or in business, everything that we're doing, we're trying to help shape the world and partner with God in creation. Um, and so I just think that we need to take on that identity much more clearly because I think a lot of us are afraid of owning that. And it's, I don't know, maybe mm. it sounds like, uh, I'm not that, like, that's not me. Like I'm a, you know, <laughs> I'm a numbers guy or whatever. But, um, the truth is like creativity is problem solving. It's looking at a challenge that isn't, isn't working in the world and it's fixing it. And, uh, that's, that's basically what all of us as men are called to do. So, can uh, I want to pick your brains a little bit here uh, in fatherhood arise. We're still learning who we are. You know, we're kind of in that mm -hmm. initial phase of like, who are we? What are we, what are we aiming to do? What do you have to say about uh, like a ministry like this, like a fatherhood arise ministry where we try to gather other fathers and, and kind of just support them and, 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 uh, and uh, remind them of, of who they are and whose they are. And, you know, of course, they're calling as fathers. What do you have to say about fatherhood arise or a community like this? Wow. Uh, yeah, I think that it obviously you guys are providing an, uh, a support for a need. I think that in the in the church, um, I don't know if this is something you've experienced, but I experience like mass going to homilies. One, if you're a dad, I've, mm -hmm. I'm nomadic right now. I have been I, I'm. I'm homeless because I have a mold yeah. problem in my house, which means that I'm spending a lot of time staying at family, other families' houses. Yeah. And so I have- That been, leaky basement, man. Leaky yeah, basement. Yeah, 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 mold, yeah, so. yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I've been going to mass with lots of families and uh, I take on, you know, like I'm going to hold the kid during the homily to let you guys kind of listen or whatever, do my best to participate. And um I'm always struck by how little relevant to the daily day-to-day -day grind like stuff is for dads or moms. It's like that the priest like doesn't know who he's talking to. It feels like, and, or it's like, he's talking in general to a big, the church, you know, but he's not talking specifically to like moms and dads who have like Cheerios all over the whatever. And like are totally exhausted. I have no idea like how to even take a breath. Like this is parenthood is challenging as F and um, you're about to make me cry, dude. I'm, I'm like <laughs> weeping here. <laughs> and so it's like the support that you get, or you don't feel known. And I can see that in the men around me um, when they're sitting at mass. And a lot of times they'll say something like, Oh, I couldn't pay attention today afterwards because like, you know, kids or whatever. Um, but I really know it's like, no, it's because the, the priest didn't grab your attention by saying, Hey, you're probably struggling with like, you know, bitterness and resentment towards your wife right now because of like, 
you know, these three things that you've been going through in your marriage and uh, that's trickling down. Like nobody, that doesn't happen in mass. And, and it's, it's, that is how, this is where Christianity is like made a break. It's like, that's where it, it happens in those conversations you have with your wife or like these interactions you have with your kid when your tooth is broken. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I think um, what you guys are doing by talking practically about it, it's such a, a need and you're filling a gap where there's not really a whole lot that's of, of real honest conversation. So I think it's awesome. And uh, yeah, I think keep doing it. I don't know. Is that? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I get it. Because yeah, because it's like, I'm most of the time I have a newborn and I have like a, a you know, a, a two year old kid as well. And during mass, I, I'm usually in the back or like in the lobby. And there's like this unspoken truth or like communication with another dad that's back there as well. And we're kind of just giving each other a nod like, hey, what's up, man? And we yeah, understand yeah. You each too. other. <laughs> yeah, hey, how you doing, man? And we, yeah, we understand each other. So it's, yeah, it's it's that community that we're trying to build up and and support. That uh, you know, we're 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 not called to just stay and be stagnant, but to truly rise up. Yeah, that's a. I, I think that's a tremendous calling too. And you know, I I don't always expect that the priest can can speak to me. You know, though I, I mean, I, I, I think I'd, I'd feel on the spot, like, man, why, why are you calling me out, you Father, me today? Out. <laughs> What's up? Keep, you keep it me? on the general, bro. Like this is, yeah, you're coming too close to my home right now. I did not invite you in here. Um, but there Dude, is a you sense. Heard of, Jesus preached. Have you read scripture? Because uh, <laughs> I know that's why I'm like, hey, bird. Jesus, what are you doing? You talking, talking to me? <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit much. It's a bit much. You're you're making me uncomfortable with my life. Um, and and yet and yet that's what exactly what we're called to do and to be. So you know that I think the challenge is always out there. Um, and also just the the sense of um, hey, we wanna we wanna encounter God in all the things in the in the profound mysteries in the in the beauty of the liturgy and in the cleaning of the poop and 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 all of the and all of the stuff that we have to grind through on a daily basis um and i suspect that um that's kind of where you are when you're creating when you're doing your creative acts that you're trying to present god and um in the in the whatever uh, that's that's like arising out of you and so that yeah, brings me to uh, the book right like so that you definitely. so you created a book and um and that's it's a, a really good segue thank you there you go and it's and it's called and it's called uh beakle and the star stone and that sounds like that an sounds intriguing title yeah, yeah yeah so can you tell us a little bit about the yeah. book and then your process of like getting to this book yeah so i mean i think that um i think that stories have embedded within them like lessons about humanity about god about the kingdom that go straight to the heart you know that's like why jesus tells parables um they somehow speak to us in a way that give us context and help us really understand things and i um i don't know why but i've been very fascinated with the parable of the pearl of great price and the treasure in the field. Um, I think that there's something in that story that like 
I've desperately needed and have been like grappling with and trying to understand my really my whole life. Um, but I think that going back to the story about my dad, so this is all, I'm going to be like broad and then it. I'm going to come back into like yeah. the specifics of the book, if that's all right. But um, going back to the story of my dad, I saw in the way that he approached Christmas that year. Um, and this is a funny thing that happened that Christmas. We, we ended up going throughout the house and stealing things from each other and wrapping them <laughs> yes. and then giving them to each other as like so creative gifts. Yeah, it was, it was creative, but it was actually really beautiful um, because there was something about the experience of each other in the midst of poverty is like the consistent thing that taught me so much about love and the kingdom of heaven. And the way that my dad was willing to like let go of all of the earthly treasures and accolades and things, it was, it, it taught me from an, like in a way that as a young man, like hold on to these things loosely, you know, because they're not the point. Um, and, uh, I saw him basically living at, at the way that I saw the parable of the pearl of great price, the treasure in the field. Like he is willing to give away all of his earthly, like earthly possessions for the sake of love as it's experienced in his vocation in the family. Like we are the pearl of great price to him, you know? Um, and so I wrote this, this story because um, I thought that it would be really fun to take a parable, the pearl, the, you know, the Bible story and try to put some more like, um, entertainment around it to make like, what if Pixar made uh, a version of the, the story of the Pearl of Great Price of the Treasure in the Field? Um, or what if like C.S. Lewis wrote like a, you know, a small children's book series about that? Um, and so that was the inspiration for the book. And my goal was on a personal level to like grapple with what I have felt like God has been teaching me about that story and about the kingdom. And then uh, to take that and like make it into an experience that a whole family can kind of come together around mm. and share about, uh, but it'd be really entertaining at the same time. So yeah, that's the, that's the idea. Now, what, did you, did you grow up with like bedtime stories, like from your dad? Did you, did you, is that your experience? And is, is that like kind of linked to the reason why or where it came from? Yeah. Why you wrote oh the gosh. book? Yeah, I, I, my dad would read to us, we would pray night prayer together, like evening or the, you know, literature, the hours after we would do like a reading of a chapter of like Narnia or the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings or whatever. And then we'd pray night prayer. And that was like our bedtime routine. Mm. Um, and it's that ritual was like the grounding point of our family. It was like our spiritual life, you know, and we could have these conversations about the chapters and, you know, we were like, Okay, we didn't have lots of profound things to say, I don't think, but it was still a place of deep instruction for my father. And I think it carries through, like, this is how, this is how young men and women were taught. Like, mm -hmm. they, they would be around a campfire. One of the older men would yeah. tell a story. That's right. And then they would talk about the story, and then they would have some sort of, like, prayer or spiritual thing. And that's really how humans were meant to learn. Like, that's the way that we evolved uh, passing knowledge down at least cultural knowledge of like this is how to live a value out and um and so i i just wanted to take that and create that space like a tool for fathers to be able to do that with their families um in a way that took the burden of like creativity off of them 
I love so. that. Every every time that we have dinner, my my family and I, um, my kids always ask for a story from my life because I, I've lived like kind of a checkered life. You lived and a long the, life already. Oh yeah, and they 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 always want to hear like the bad stories, like so. Er, yeah. Earlier tonight, we were talking over dinner, and they were like, "Tell us about the story. Tell us the story of when your car was stolen." And I was like, "Which time?" And and so, oh my gosh, yeah. So I, I had a I had a Honda Civic, and so you know those are easy to steal. <laughs> and so, um, but every time, I mean, I'm tricking them because I I want I'm I'm trying to draw them in closer to me, right, as their dad, and know that I'm a real person who who lived a real life. And, um, and there's some exciting parts to that. And also I'm trying to like trick them into these moral thoughts. And, uh, what would you, what would you do if this happened? Yeah. And, um, right. you know, they, they always want to hear about like when I poop my pants, that's like, that's like the best story, <laughs> Wait, but I want to hear that story yeah, yeah, that for another time. But, but all of those stories, like I love telling the stories because that's exactly how it is. And then one day. Um, I heard my my son like telling the stories to his cousins, and it's my story. Wow. And I was like, "Hey, man, that's, that's my awesome. story." You're not, but but it's but when when we're inculcating that that storyteller yeah, aspect, then we're passing on like also the morals, the the guidance, the question, right. the 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 right. creativity to tell the story and engage it. Yeah, I think it's um, right. that's what that's what we're always trying to, and that's what we're wired to do. So you know, probably yeah. having that just come out of you as a book. Um, so, what is Beekle like? Is is that a bird? Like, what's yeah. going on there? Yeah, yeah. So it's a playful retelling of the parable of the treasure buried treasure in the field or the pearl of great price, but with birds in a. Uh, fictitious jungle island called falafel island mm. uh yeah and the idea is basically that uh, all of the other birds all they want to do is eat worms and get up early you know the early bird gets the worm um and they there's one bird named beagle who really feels like there's something more to life than just getting more worms and he ends up discovering a priceless treasure in his chief's field and having to go on a massive adventure to get uh, to earn what he he needs in order to buy the field for the price, priceless treasure. And he has to learn along the way uh, a key lesson about uh, love and about uh, what true treasure really is. I love it. I'm super Spoiler intrigued. alert. Right? I know. I <laughs> want that. Awesome. I want that book. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. is, so this book is out now. Is it, can, can we get it? How, how can we get this book? Yeah. How can so we get our hands on this book is going to be, uh, this is, I'm going through the Kickstarter right now. So, uh, it's a, it's written to be a, a very short chapter book. So it's four chapters to be read four consecutive nights. And, um, it's, so it's right in between that, like children's book and like, you know, Lord of the Rings or like, uh, Chronicles kind of thing. Um, and it, but it's full illustrations so that you can oh, have nice. most Catholic dads, they have kids who are many different ages, right? So like right. you have to often choose between books that are going to like speak to one yeah, of yeah. your kids, but it's hard to get everybody around the same book because the whole book industry is like, we write for this small, narrow age group. And uh, right. that doesn't work for, for Catholic dads usually. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. 
Yeah, because we got a lot of kids, like, spanning a lot of ages. Right, yeah. Right. Just, like, spam the, the kid button, you know? Just, like... That's right. <laughs> we got a lot of them. <laughs> so, uh, we... Uh, anyway, it's, a, it's full illustrations throughout, like, 100 pages of the book, um, meaning that it's actually really expensive uh, to print. And so, we have to kickstart it so that we can get, like, a lot of orders mm. and then... Uh, and uh, yeah, and send them out that way. So they'll be there before Christmas. Uh, but uh, oh, beautiful. yeah, pre-orders right. are happening now. As we're drawn to a close of this episode, man, this is something needed in my household because I'm on repeat right now with like trying to get creative with some of my stories. And I'm basically been I've, I've been telling the same exact story like every single night to my two year old. So and I think he's catching on. He's like, wait a minute, this happened yesterday, Dad. What are you? <laughs> what are you up to? So this yeah. is some great stuff. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to uh, have all our listeners to look it up and to grab a copy of that. Yeah, well, I would appreciate that. But uh, yeah, I think that I think even even just being like, okay, well, let's be storytellers as dads. I think it's like a good, yeah, it's a really it's good like topic to kind of land on. Yeah, I agree. So where, where can we check out the Kickstarter? Yeah, BeekleBook.com. BeekleBook.com. As yeah. dads, we got to repeat it over and over. BeekleBook.com. <laughs> got it. Yeah. Love it. All right on. So, yeah, so that that's great. And and I'm, I think, like, the fruit of what you've started in, in lots of ways, uh, Anthony, is – um, it's evident in, in what you're doing. I just want, I really want to commend you because, um, what you've been doing is trying to launch others, trying to, you're, you responding to your own call and to your own, um, to your own gifts and expressing them has allowed others to find it for themselves. And, uh, and you know, the tree, the tree is known by its fruit. You know, you're, you're the fruit of, of your dad. And then what you are, uh, what you have shepherded and given birth to and cared for, though it might be stressful and difficult, just like <laughs> having kids, um, has yeah, provided, exactly. has has done has provided a lot of fruit for a lot of people, in, in, including myself. So um, I'm super blessed. We're super blessed to have you here today, and mm. even for us to chat, I consider this a great honor, and I um, I just want to continue to encourage you. And for those of you who are hearing this and and could support um check out this kickstarter because um anthony's doing big things he's he's doing uh what we are um we are all trying to do which is uh respond to god's call so um good on you man um it's been a it's been a real blessing to have you here with us today yeah thank you so much for having me on it's you said it's an honor to have me but man it's an honor to be on the podcast with you guys and uh to be admitted i feel like I, I'm not, I, this format is like, I'm not like the most entertaining, like witty, you know, like back and forth banter conversation guy, but like, it is awesome to get to see and listen to you guys doing it. It's so entertaining. So, um, yeah, getting to be on the podcast is like such an honor for me too. So yeah, wish you the best of luck. And I commend you for, for starting something that you needed that you knew that other people probably needed too, which is that kind of community. So we got uh, yeah. We got to definitely have you on again because, man, I want to hear more about that fight club again. I wonder yeah. if we can fight. We we can like set up a a dad fight club. I'm just kidding. Maybe, <laughs> don't maybe don't do it. No, no. All right. No. 
I got a glass jaw. My tooth's going to fall out. It's, all, it's a bad scene. It's a bad scene. My kids need me. Uh, Anthony, we usually ask our guests to lead us in a closing prayer. Would you bless us in that way? Yeah, let's do it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, Father, thank you so much for uh, being someone who is essentially creative, who brings light, who breathes light into darkness and who separates uh, and divides and creates uh, order out of chaos, uh, bringing things into their, their rightful um, synergies. And we pray that you would give us the, the wherewithal um, to be able to look at the darknesses in our lives and not shrink from them, to look at the giants in our lives and to believe that you have given us dominion over them uh, so that we can approach them with, with courage. We ask all of this in your name as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, brother. And, and you know, hey, you should really feel special, man, because you're the first guest that is not a father and father to be, we pray. Right? Yeah, future um, father. You're a future <laughs> father out there. More yeah, so, so. so Yeah. And and man, again, as I mentioned, we'd love to have you on again some, you know, in, in the future. That'd be that'd be awesome. Can and can anybody follow you? How can we follow you? How can and can you also mention that Kickstarter webpage again? Yeah, so the website is beaklebook.com. Uh, and that'll bring you to the Kickstarter page. And then um, the uh, you can follow me. I'm I, I put up my poetry and stuff on uh, on at the Gambro on Instagram. Say that again. At the or Dambro D A M B R O. The beginning gotcha. of my last name. There you Sweet. go. Hey, thanks for again for joining us, man. And then Iris, what's up, man? How oh yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. And uh, you can always check me out um, on my social media at Called to Rise or check out my website, calledtorise.org. How about you, Ray? Continue to follow us on social media at Fatherhood Arise, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Fatherhood Arise. And do visit us on our website at uh, fatherhoodarise.com. Again, that's fatherhoodarise.com. If you have any questions, any ideas on future episodes, let us know. Email us on fatherhoodarise at gmail.com. Again, that's fatherhoodarise at gmail.com. All right, Anthony, this was awesome. Uh, love everything that you're doing, and I can't wait yeah, to check man. out and support uh, Beekle and the Starstone um, at beeklebook.com. Uh, it's been fun. We'll catch you later, man. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Bye, guys. All right, peace. Peace.